Yeah, I never imagined. I actually went into fertility care way before I imagined that I would be a fertility patient myself. Hi, I'm Mary Wong. And I'm Dr. Tanya Wild. We're wellness experts, fertility strategists, and moms who overcame infertility infusing science and all things natural. We are on a mission to boost your mood, your bod, and your inner mama spirit as you navigate this thing called life. From fertility to pregnancy and mamahood through menopause. Think of us as your own personal fertility squad as you make, grow, birth, and raise your baby. Fasten your seatbelts, lean lean in, and get ready to learn and be encouraged. This is my Fertology Podcast. We're going live right now, guys. Okay, uh, so we're here. We are. We're streaming. We got it. We're being live streamed, and we are so grateful for you all to be here. And and we are even more grateful that Doctor Garcia is here with us from Markham Fertility, who is now the actually CEO. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is one of the leading fertility clinics in the country. And not only that, she has Uh the time to multitask being a mama of two children with a fertility story of your own, right? Mm -hmm. She believes in specialized and individualized fertility care, taking both the body and the mind into the equation, which is awesome because, as you know, naturopathic doctor, traditional Chinese medicine specialist, we are holistic. So we love working together in in an integrative fashion. She's an advocate for destigmatizing infertility. And as an IVF mom herself, she has candidly shared her own struggles. So let's hear all about your journey through fertility, Dr. Garcia. Thank you so much for being here. And then actually before, and then just so that people have a, you know, lineup of what we're covering. So yes, we want to hear about your story and then we're going to cover some myths and some questions and some of the most common questions asked. Okay. And it might be divided into two episodes, just so you know, and that's that. So let's hear about your story, Dr. Garcia. Yes, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I never imagined. I actually went into fertility care way before I imagined that I would be a fertility patient myself. So it was not the other way around. I always was interested in women's health. I did my medical school training. I did my obstetrics and gynecology training uh, for five years. And then I actually chose to do so specialty training in infertility. And while I was... Um, already a fertility specialist is when I got married. I was still fairly young, only 33 years old when I got married. Uh, perfectly healthy, regular cycle, settling love on top of the world, thinking it would be very easy to conceive. I've done hard things like medical school and whatnot, and I didn't imagine that things would become difficult for me. Uh, but sure enough, they did. So I um, had essentially unexplained infertility. Um, tried and tried and tried and never got pregnant for about a year. Then did an IVF cycle. I did my first IVF cycle while I was still in training to be a fertility specialist. And I did it at a different clinic from where I trained and a different clinic from where I eventually went to work. So it was not Markham Fertility Center where I did my first fertility treatment. So here's a question. Uh, I'm going to cut in. I'm going to cut in. Uh-huh. Did you tell people while so you were training? Yeah. So that's what I was going at. I didn't. I actually chose to go two hours away 
from I was living in London and training in London at a time and I drove I would take the train for two hours to go to Toronto and do fertility treatments in Toronto because I was so ashamed I was so embarrassed Aww. of this um, I was I did not tell my mentors I did not tell my teachers oh. I did not tell my colleagues I did not tell my friends um, and I just didn't tell my parents it was literally just me and my husband and me like lying and saying I couldn't do this I couldn't do that because I was driving for two hours back and forth to do the, to do the treatments. Um, so I remember very vividly what it's like having that shame. And that's why now I go out of my way to talk about it and to destigmatize it. I had a patient yesterday, well, not yesterday, it was a few days ago, who um, was talking to me about being ashamed and feeling like she wasn't a woman because she couldn't conceive. And, you know, I was talking to her through the video because unfortunately we're still in COVID and we can't see people in person. And I just wanted to reach over the screen and give her the biggest hug. But it made me think if I could, if I could fix one thing, if I could fix one thing, of course I would fix your infertility, but more than that, I would want to fix that feeling of not being enough, you know? Um, I remember feeling like that. And if somebody came and told me from the outside, you're not enough because you're not a mother, I would probably think that person it's crazy. But when you hear your own voice telling you that, then you tend to believe it, right? So, so I definitely experienced that shame. And I also experienced, honestly, being at a fertility clinic where I didn't get the best care. Uh, I won't say which fertility clinic this was. <laughs> I was um, going to say that. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying. Uh, but I felt like a number. And even though I knew a lot of things about fertility, I was still really brushed off and rushed and felt like a number and um, was not was not a good experience at all, even though my knowledge of fertility was fairly good at the time. So that treatment um, did not work. I had many extra treats. I've always had really good ovarian reserve. I was telling somebody I did the numbers and it turns out that I ended up making a hundred eggs to have two children. So oh, yeah. doing five IVF, about 20 eggs every time, I would have to a hundred eggs to actually get two embryos that, that built my family. So lots of eggs retrieved, three embryo transfers later, and I was not pregnant. And now I have finished my training. And then I did had to look for a job and make the career and get to market fertility center. And then did the rest of my treatments there. So that's where my first son was conceived with my first IVF cycle at market fertility center. So wait a minute, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> So that means you actually came out of your shell and you were yes. upfront about your fertility. Yes. Right. Yes. So that's amazing. So, yeah. Well, you know, so now I'm working there and I have to tell people because I'm doing the treatment in the same place where I'm working. Yeah. I still have, I still have walls though. I still had quite a bit of walls around me I still felt people were so supportive, but, and I was a little bit more, assertive at the time and sort of but I still have I mean I don't think I told my friends I told the people that I was working with but I don't think I told my friends and I don't think I really made a public knowledge at the time once once I started making public knowledge was so with my son was born I had still four embryos left 
And I thought this is going to be easy having a second child because I've done IVF. I've got four beautiful embryos. One of them, the first one, it's my son. So the other ones, it was no genetic testing done at the time because it was back in 2012. But I thought, okay, it's pretty realistic to expect that I would just have another embryo transfer and get pregnant again. So I transferred one at a time, times three, and I didn't get pregnant. And then I was like, okay, now I've got to do another idea. And that's when it got really, really tricky because I now, before I never had any miscarriages. So now I started having miscarriages and then I had to do more IVs. But of course, now I'm older. Now I had my first at 33, then now I'm 35 and then I'm 36 and I'm 37. So I ended up having my second child at age 40. But big difference in the equality when you're 33 and when you're 40, like I have four embryos at 33 and I would not make embryos or healthy blastocysts uh, going forward as I was getting older. So that's when I started to really come out of my shell and talk about it. And by this time now, I've been in practice for about four years or five years. So certainly I see what I was talking about more and I started feeling a little bit braver in talking about it. And, and then I did my last cycle thinking I was 40 at the time thinking, this is it. I'm just going to do this and close the book. And that is my five-year-old today. Yes. Um, so it was really after I had the two experiences, primary infertility and people saying, oh, you know, all I need is one. And if I have one, I'm going to be happy. And then experiencing secondary infertility, which is the very different experience because then you know you have a child and then there is the all the emotions of you know like I love my child so much why do I need more am I being greedy you know is it not enough and and all of those all of those feelings around it so it was after my experience of secondary infertility and recurrent miscarriages which is also a different beast from infertility yes. alone yes that I really felt like I had a lot to share and a lot to contribute um, and, um, and even during my journey, there was a time when I really looked at what it looked like, like what, who am I, if I'm not a mother and at what point do I feel like it's time to close the book? So I even went there a little bit before I had my last one. So yeah, it was, it was really after having to try for my second one that I came out of my shell when I started sharing my story. Well, and we appreciate it. And for those of you who are watching or listening, and if you don't follow Dr. Garcia, you need to. You have beautiful, inspiring posts. What is your <laughs> Instagram handle? It's at uh, Dr. Mavis Garcia. Okay, so there we have it. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, and so you contribute in so many ways. And, and when I invited you on this, our show, you're like, oh, gosh, there's so many things that we can like answer. <laughs> like, let's discover, like, let's talk about some myths. So let's, let's dive into that. Like, it's a beautiful mm. story. And, you know, it's like, yes. Before we do, I have to comment on one of your recent posts, which I loved mm -hmm. about how you, you know, and I used it myself um, about the train versus the climbing the mountain. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe share yes. that a little bit. Talk about that because oh, I think good. it's so important on a fertility journey. So talk about yeah, that. Right. Post. Yeah. One yes. of my one of my patients reached out to me and said, "You need to share that with the fertility community." <laughs> um, yeah. So I used to think. I used to think, I always thought I'm going to uh, go to medical school and become a doctor. Then I'm going to get married and I'm going to have children and that's it. And then I'm going to 
be a doctor, I'm going to be a mother, I'm going to be a wife, and then I'm going to feel perfect and fulfilled, and everything is going to be great. And then I did that. I did all of that. And ever since I was a little girl, I knew that's what I wanted in life. And then I did all of that. And it's not that I wasn't happy. I knew without a shadow of a doubt that that is what I wanted. It wasn't one of these ancestral crises where like I, knew I was never wanted to be a doctor. I never wanted to be a mother. I knew that was exactly what I wanted and that I was doing exactly what I wanted. But then I realized that there, you know, like I said in my post, when you get to the top of the mountain, it's not like aromatic rainbows and unicorns that come out. You really still realize that there is another mountain and that there is more growth to do. So that's why I came with the analogy of more like a train. So rather than climbing and you go there and you sit at the top and you're like, I made it now, what? It's more the growth that you go through has to go through every station of life from being a, for me, being a student, to being a doctor, to being a resident, to being a fertility patient, to being a fertility doctor, to now being the new co-owner and medical director of Market Fertility Center. Every one of those things is a station that you go through life. And from going from one station to another, it is the growth that happens in that time that really matters. It's not the destination because in the end, we're all going to end up in the same place. Uh, but it is what you do during that time that matters as opposed to the actual goal of getting like, quote unquote, to the top of the mountain. So it was my birthday and I was just sitting there and reflecting on my last 45 years. So I decided to write that post. No, it's beautiful. And it's really a testament to, you know, the strength as we, we as women have, and you don't know what you're going to be faced with in the mountains, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's being in that face of challenge and being in that present moment Mm -hmm. and doing what it takes. Mm-hmm. Right, taking the pause, yeah. yeah, taking the pause at the stations and just right. soaking in the experiences, right? Rather than like losing your footing, climbing a mountain, and you know, right. losing yourself either in health or in right. mind, right? Physical right. health or in mind. So, and, and I, yeah, and I struggle with that because when I was going through infertility, I mean, if you told me this, I might roll my eyes and say, "No, no, I'm pretty <laughs> sure." I just need to get pregnant. I'll be very happy. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> I do not need to soak any of this. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's only when you look back, right? When you look back and connect the dots. Like when I was in it, I remember thinking, what's the point of this? What's the lesson? Like, this isn't fair. But now that I look back, and I know it's easy to say because I have children that I'm so happy I went through that, but it really is the person that I became because of that experience. And I always tell my patients, you know, you're not the person that starts IVF cycle number one. It's not the same person that starts IVF cycle number three or four or five. Like you really change as you go through the process. You grow, you become stronger, wiser. And, and so you can't think that the person at the beginning of the journey, she has a collection of thoughts and feelings that are going to be different as you go through the journey. And that's, I wouldn't say it's the point, but it is the growth of that that changes you and challenges us. And it's the point of the thing. It's not the thing. It's the journey that is the point. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And this is, this is the podcast, There's, by the way, guys. Right. <laughs> 
there's, other stuff. <laughs> there's four stages of grief. And then they added that fifth one, which is finding meaning. And I think oh, we all right. don't really know and connect the dots to see that at the end of it, like until we're past it, that we've, until you're that's past, you've yes, yeah, that's that right. found your meaning in it. That's and, right. uh, I think all three of us can attest to that. And when that's you're in right. it, there's no way you're there just stuck no in way. anger and bargaining mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, sadness. That's right. It's a hard journey yeah, right. until you kind of, and it, you know, as, as a person now, you probably reflect back and say, I wish I could right. have these thoughts back. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know about, I, I mean, I don't have regrets about that. Like, I think it's part of the growing Right. I, yeah. I don't know if you have regrets about how you're being around it. I, I certainly don't. And I, I think, think it's a I'm, I'm a better, well-rounded human being for it as a practitioner, as a mom, as a wife, as a, you know, um, a citizen of the world. You know? I think I would have liked to have had less shame because I was the same. Mm-hmm. Our journeys are exa- like very parallel, uh, mm-hmm. first primary and secondary. And I would go incognito. I didn't drive two hours away, but I'd be on cognito, glasses, hat in the fertility clinic. And there were patients mm-hmm. sitting across from me a couple of times who are like, and then I just didn't want them to know who I was. And I would like to go back and say, you know what? That's okay. We're all here together. <laughs> you know, that's right. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's and the it's only also, thing. And, you know, so I'm going to pipe in here too. So we all have different journeys and we have all different sets of um, comforts or discomforts. And so I think it sounds like both of you did not come out until you were really in midstream and and I certainly I kind of wanted to be more open now in the clinic I certainly had shame around it because it's like you know I'm we're treating fertility patients and I'm not fertile and so what does that look like for me and I'm treating people right it's like am I a fraud and really the reality is is that we're actually human and there are challenges and that's that and mm-hmm. so with the fear of being found out Um, It kept me silent. But one day, I just remember very clearly, I don't actually remember the person, but a patient came in and she was so distraught and it was a very similar circumstance to my own. And I thought, you know what she needs? She needs to know that she's not alone. So it was my first time. I was a little scared and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to share my story. And I shared shared my fertility challenge and she's like, oh my gosh, thank you for telling me because, you know, that is so helpful because I am alone in this. So Mm -hmm. just like that, it turned her her journey around knowing that she's not alone and knowing Mm -hmm. as a practitioner, I fully understood her. And in that Mm -hmm. moment, she trusted me that much more. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that are listening, just know that, you know, like we we can hide in our hearts and think certain ways or, or like, you know, think about people judging us. But most of the time, people don't. And if you're in a situation, and I don't know if you've um, experienced this, but certainly uh, I have a lot of fertility, uh, sorry, not fertility, a lot of physicians now. And and one of them said, you know, um, we're all residents and and three out of four of us, my core friends, all have fertility issues. Mm-hmm. So imagine they now have camaraderie because they actually spoke to each other, but they could right. silently be going through their journeys, not knowing right. that each right. other are doing the same thing. Right. Right. Anyway. That's the thing about infertility can affect anybody of any stages of life. And I had a similar story. I was like, how can I 
have patients to trust me about their fertility when I can, you know, when I can't even fix myself. And it was a similar story of the patient getting so sad and frustrated. And I just started telling patients like one by one as they were needing it. And I started noticing like what a difference it made and how it made them feel less alone. And we can all share that and made them like made them realize that I really didn't have like a magic wand if I did then neither one of us would be in this situation. So yes. that's, I started noticing the power of sharing your story. And that's when I actually went to Instagram and I started talking about it more. Well, thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one podcast down. So thank you for joining us. And yeah, let's, let's um, have you all come back, join us for our next episode where we're going to, you know, blow some myths out of its water and uh, with Dr. Garcia here. So thank you for joining us. And so please subscribe, like, share, and because this is all done for you. And we need to share this because as women, again, we don't want to be alone and silent in this. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.